0: this episode, you get to hear two brothers chop it up. Anthony Rush graduated from Lincoln Christian University. He's been married for four years and has two sons. He lives in Dallas, Texas, works for Nike, and has a faith-based clothing line created for more. Just a man trying to spread love and truth of God any way that he can. This is a great episode, very authentic, very raw, very real. Tap in. (laughs) <laughs> All right, everybody. What's up? Welcome to Campus Cuts, Another episode of Campus Cuts. Today I got a, um, a very special guest. I'm talking about a man of faith, a father, a leader, um, and founder of a company called Created for More. Um, if y'all have seen him and his life on social media, um, they're big and their expression of lovingness of Jesus Christ and as a believer, um, it's amazing to have an opportunity to be able to chop it up with um a leader man um a public figure on where i um living life authentically mr anthony Rutt, to the show.
1: appreciate you brother thanks for having me yes sir
0: yes sir yes sir man um I, I, like this is so wild because it just feels like another damn man i'm just not who's famous <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah i appreciate it
0: yeah bro so um first, uh, welcome to the show so i just want to get um a lot of audience Know you, like, so what is your name? Um, what you're currently doing right now? Um, what did you graduate from? And after that, we just keep on moving.
1: For sure, yeah. My name is Anthony Rush Jr. Um, I graduated back in 2016 or 15 from Lincoln Christian University, and now I work for Nike and I have my own clothing, faith based clothing line called Creative Food Okay,
0: okay, okay, that's that's uh, that's, that's amazing, that's amazing. Man. Um, so when it came for uh, just you living your life, you know, just growing up, man, talk about that experience in college, like who is Anthony Rush? Um, Who is the man that we are that we see today all over being a leader, being a champion? Who are you, Russ?
1: Man, um, I'm still in process, but I would say um, becoming a father has shaped and changed me man drastically from who i was before harlem was born just two years ago and now having my son in the bronx i think i'm becoming more of a protector um, always been a laid-back kind of guy but i know more now that i have to you know assert myself in a, in a different manner for my kids and for my wife so you know being married and a father has made me more of a protector I'm definitely a leader and, and more be, i have to be more vocal you know what i'm saying so that all that spills over into, you know, who I am at work and who I am with my friends and, you know, my family. So um, I am the leader, I am Christ um, and all that. And all that, I'm still, you know, the laid back man that, I, you know, I was accustomed to being people. I'm more vocal now as a man and, and expressive. You know, back then I wasn't like that or I just see the more importance of being expressive and being, you know, more present. Um now, especially with everything going on, man. Um, right. I think uh greater appreciation for life has I've been embracing lately. Um and just you know, taking everything one day at a time. But most definitely most definitely cherishing every moment that I have. You know, to be a dad, to be a husband, to be a follower of Christ, to have friends and family, you know, to impact people on a daily basis. So um I think I'm just striving, bro. I'm a man striving. That's literally what it is. That's who I am, a man striving.
0: That's that you know like you say that. Because I know that in our generation, um, you know, we don't I don't know, man, but to me, I look up to you in a way in a way because <laughs> I just see the way that you enjoy part of And I think, mm-hmm. I know, like, us as black men in our community, we, never, we, we don't necessarily see that often. We don't see that in mm-hmm. you. you being able to be so vulnerable and out mm-hmm. in the way that you do. doing it. And you do it in such a way, like, you know, hey, man, this is who I am. You know, me, I want to be laid back. you am not the most popular, whatever. And mm-hmm. um I don't know, you I are mean, always kind of the question I wonder how I'm gonna to it. I wonder how, how I'm gonna you in the mood and whatever. Like you're relatively young, you're like you're still in your twenties, right? Yes, I oh, am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like man, okay, but so what does it mean to be I guess quote unquote on the border of like millennial and Gen Z and then after that like you know, feel like the race we feel to also still find yourself like your identity and who you are, growing out
1: I think, um, man, it's a learning curve every day, um, still being, you know, in that millennial age, but still, you know, kind of considered within that old generation, um, it's a process, bro, every day, you know, I have to decide what kind of man I want to be, and I use this all. The time but my dad would literally ask me every single day from the time i was like six up you know he need to tell me he's like what kind of man do you want to be and you know i have that in the back of my mind every single day now that i have two kids to raise you know it's not about me anymore you know i have to put myself aside I put my pride aside I put my selfish ways aside or you know and sometimes even my desires aside to benefit those that are around me those that i love so um it's it's sometimes bittersweet but you know god always knows what he's doing and you got to trust in his will and his way because we know that you know he has the best for us regardless of what you know we may see right in front of us or what we may think is you know what we need or what we want so i think for me is i have to constantly remind myself that uh you know god has what's in store for me, whether I see it right now in the moment, or whether it's going to be later down the line, you know, so it's, I'm becoming more mature every single day, and it's a process, and I think it gets tough at times, you know, sometimes I don't want to do it, sometimes I don't want to be a dad, sometimes I don't want to be a husband, you know, and that's just 100, but, you know, I know that I, this is a covenant, and I understand that you're going to have those days, but Right. you know nothing tops being a dad nothing tops being a husband and having someone to do life with you know this is a life god gave me and it's something i'm i have to take care of and cherish so um you got to die to self daily you know kill that flesh and that you know those selfish desires the enemy tries to overbarge you with and just remember you know why you did this in the first place why you became a dad why you became married you know the joys that come with it right
0: um, for sure yeah that's good that's so good man and your um, you're supposed a big part of the role like you're in your life. When did like when did you truly become a believer? Like what was that moment for you that you decided like, you know what, I'm going all in the place? But you know, like, like you know, you everybody's story, like, ah oh, man, okay, yeah, I, mean, I was wilding and now I'm black. But yeah, yeah. I know like for us, I know for me growing up, when I was like thinking about like, you know, how yeah, long dad in my life and mm-hmm. you, what, I went to church. Okay, went to so many different churches, the African churches, and black churches, and white churches, and there's so many different ways and like can I still be weird? I still want to be this stuff, I still want to put I still wanna be all this. And I just want to just your worth taking like how was that spiritual journey? How's that affected your life? Man,
1: um so when I really accepted the call of Christ, I was twenty two, never forget. I was twenty-two years old, it was my sophomore year in college. And I was in my dorm room and it was crazy because one of my homeboys, my roommate, he had just broke up with his, his girl. Yeah. And it's crazy. I feel like that turning point for him was also the turning point for me because I was like, dang, he really did it. And I was like, I know I'm not supposed to be in the relationship that I'm in right now. I was, <laughs> I was, I, 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 it was a bad, it was bad. I was not mature. I was doing stuff I wasn't supposed to do. I was a fence sitter back then, you know, I wanted to live a lifestyle that behind closed doors but in person I was oh I love Jesus and I'm just this good you know good Christian guy but you know I I got tired of my ways I got tired of being in the same circle over and over again it was just draining and I was at a Christian school of course LCU and I just told myself I said if I'm going to be here then I'm really going to be here I'm going to be present and I'm going to make sure that I seize the opportunity to get to know God to get to know you know, people around me that are like minded. So I was like, you know, I just sat in my dorm room, you know, called the, the girl I was in a relationship with and told her I couldn't do it anymore. And from that point on, you know, I tried to strive and live a life that God had for me. And it was the best decision I ever made, you know. Um, I was still, you know, I still had my times, but for the most part, that was the turning point for me. You know, that was my rock bottom. I was like, you know, I can't do it anymore. And so from 22 on, I've been, you know, trying to live wholeheartedly and fully, but all my life I've grown up in church. My parents, my grandma's my pastor. Like (laughs) I've always known. I just didn't want to, you know, I was running from the call, to be honest. I was running from the call. I didn't know who I really wanted to be. You know, so, um, yeah, 22 years old, 22.
0: Way too. Wow, well, wow, that's that, that's powerful because man, the call. Uh, because I know, like, looking at sometimes the relationship with the church is that a lot of people, um, can experience a bunch of that church, hurt and they're like, eh, nah, I'm, I'm all right, I'm good, or you know, we're yeah. too busy, we trying to run away, like, whatever. Like, ah, man, like, you need because I don't, man, like, sometimes, like, I think, man, church, the, the religion is really can really hurt people, really, really hurt oh, for people, sure, yes. Um, I mean, have you ever had an, any experience where, you know, you realize that the mm-hmm. church kind of like puts you on the outside and you're like, nah, I'm I'm done. Like, I'm just going to be doing me. And how was that walking through?
1: Yeah, um, I think in college, so my college was a predominantly white school. Like when I transferred yeah. to the school, I was like one of seven black people, literally. Like one of seven black people. Really? And I think that, yeah, one of seven, bro. It was, it was, <laughs> It was pretty bad (laughs) my sophomore year when I transferred. It was bad, but it was good at the same time because, you know, I got to see a different crowd. I wasn't always around my same people. I got to see the different side of people, but at the same time, it was culture shock. So, you know, the white culture is drastically different from black culture, and they don't understand us completely. So when I got there, you know, some of my ways were different from some of my teammates' ways. That was failing to... You know the way they see me as a, a black Christian man. Sometimes right. things will come out of their mouths that I, you know, 100% didn't agree with or I didn't feel like, yeah, you're supposed to be my brother in Christ. And more importantly, we are in the same spaces for half the year because you're my right. teammate. Right. And then, you know, for you to act a certain way, that kind of threw me off as, you know, is this how church people really act? You know, if that's the case, I don't want to be involved with any of that. But, you know as you get older you understand that just because somebody claims christian that doesn't mean that that's their character so you know sometimes people you can be at a certain level but that doesn't mean they're there and you can't hold it against them sometimes you can but sometimes you can't you know human humans are humans and we're gonna mess up you know and everybody's not perfect so i'm not perfect so i can't expect you to be the same way and just because you don't see it how i do then you know we might just be at odds with that but you know i'm still gonna love you Try to respect you because that's how Christ would do, and I, I might not do it all the time. But you know that's definitely in the forefront of my mind, and that's how it was for me then. I had to. It took me a while to understand that, but I think you know, in hindsight, looking back, um once I understood that, it made my my life and my walk with Christ much easier. Because once you put people, it's like we give people too much credit sometimes. You know, we try right. to say, "Oh man, this was to be a man of God," blah blah blah. Okay, that's cool, but they're a human at the end of the day. You know, Jesus is doing the work. It's not them doing the work. So, um, yeah, man, I think that that's that was the hardest part for me, you know, truly accepting the call because I'm like people of faith who are supposed to be all right. in aren't really all in with you know, people, and how can I myself try to do the same thing and you know, I'm just a baby in it, but um all in all, bro, it was a great experience and that was probably the only real active um display of religious um i don't know what i want to call it but um display of fake christianity i guess or not even fake christianity they, i don't i truly think they just didn't understand you know um how to operate in the same spaces as me mm. and that and, and that was just culture you know culture is just different bro and some of them haven't even seen a black person before so it's like you know, are you, if you all yeah. you see and hear is what you hear on the radio or a TV, then I can't really hold it against you because you don't really know any better. You know, so, or if your parents told you a certain thing, then, you know, that's just how you were raised. And it takes a while to
0: get over old habits. So, um, yeah, man, I think that was it for me for sure. Yeah, bro, oh, dude, you're so right. Because um, I resonate heavily with that because um, I currently go to a PWI, I go to Baylor um, down mm-hmm. there. And I mean, of course, you know, um, they're doing their best to, contain, well, they're doing a really great job, trying to embrace diversity, right? Um, but I know there's been so many times where I was just walking in spaces where, um, for me, I never really grew up with a lot of Black people. I was predominantly, and I was, cool. I was in Dallas, born and raised in Dallas, but I lived with a whole, a, a great, very huge diverse school, right? It was awesome, it was great. But I know that once I went to Baylor, like, you know, some of my the professors, my teachers were like, oh, you sure you want to go there? Like, it's very granola. That's how they said it. Oh, but,
1: <laughs> I That's didn't know I've never heard that.
0: No, I know, right. I was like, uh, shout out, Ms. Bila. Um she was like, yeah, it's very good. No, what you talking about and I was like, uh, okay. And um, uh, you know, sometimes when you walk in these environments, I, um, you know, there is this notion of this gray area. Um, shout out to my guy Kenneth and Genesis Gray. We talked about this on my podcast with him. Um he said how um uh, there's you know my life i was told that i wasn't black enough mm-hmm. like you know all my all my friends were like oh yeah, has not be white because of the way that you speak you yourself and then i know um or like i don't know it was just so weird it was just such a yeah, like yeah, this yeah. Culture. And then now kidding there i know my auntie told me hey remember whenever you go to college are you going to identify as black or you're going to identify as african and because mm-hmm. my whole life i was told hey tenaga you're not black you're white. you're an Oreo like this my whole life i was older. and shoot i even believed because i was like okay yeah sure i guess i, I don't know right. um because you know i was not following necessarily the stereotypes of playing basketball i mean i did play basketball in high school a little bit um i was mostly like a soccer kid and um and so i go from this to now and then coming to my school like oh shoot my weight actually does pull apart. It, it, it shouldn't have to but right. One of those things that i'm going in and especially at a pwi uh it's such a weird feeling <laughs> right man i don't know i don't know it was just like it was so funny just to be able to see like oh man um, where do i fit in where do i belong how am i able to do that and i know like i joined some faith-based organizations and i was like, oh, like one of the only ones there um the only, only black people but it wasn't yeah. until I met my tribe like FaceTime with God that we uh, were really just find, um, you know, find community. And why yeah. do you think, now my question for you is, like, why do you think it's so important for us to find community of people that look like you, but mm-hmm. also be surrounded by community that is outside of your culture, outside of your morale?
1: I think it's important um, to integrate because, you know, that's what Christ did, you know, when he came to right. the earth. He wasn't around the church people 100% of the time. He was in there with the, the slums. He was in there with prostitutes and tax collectors and, you know, people that were lame and, you know, unusual people. So I feel like it's my job and duty to surround myself with those that are different from me because we're called to love all, you know, treat others as you want to be treated. So regardless of what you look like, regardless of, you know, where where you come from, I'm going to treat you with the respect that I want. And, and that is partly because of how I was raised. I was, you know, raised, told to respect everyone, you know, raised to love who I am, love and to embrace, you know, the blackness in me. You know, I'm not something that should be feared or somebody that's, you know, criminal. Um, I'm just like, you know, my white brother across from me or my Dominican brother across from me. It doesn't matter who it is, you know, regardless of that, love yourself first. And right. then, if you don't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? You right. don't love the own skin you're in. You can't possibly there's no way you can love somebody, you know, in front of you and you you can't love yourself. So my dad and my family always my they're like pro black, but in the best way possible. Uh, right. they've always put into me, you know, that I was somebody special, that I was gonna be somebody in this world and that, you know, God have a purpose for me that was that nobody else could feel. And I think that was something that it took me a while to embrace. But once I did that, you know, I grew a certain confidence about myself and, you know, I was able to step in spaces where there's all white people and not feel uncomfortable or, you know, different races and and, and step in there and be myself regardless of, you know, what's the situation. And I think it's important for, especially for us as black people in the time that we're in now, um, right. or just people of color to, you know, truly embrace ourselves and. Um, we don't need anybody else to feel sorry for us. We don't need anybody else to, you know, validate who we are because it's in history books and we know who we are. We know where we come from. Right. And we know, if, first and foremost, we know who created us. You right. Know? So we're creating the image of Christ. And, and I think that's the most important thing once we embrace that and remember, you know, nothing, nobody can take anything from us, you know, because God's facts over human's opinion always. And I think right. we need to walk in that and, you know, keep that in the forefront of our minds, although it's hard sometimes, especially when, you know, the world can be so cruel and people over the internet can feel like they can say whatever they want. Right. Um, you know, we gotta walk in the truth of Christ regardless of the situation. And it's important to have a community around you that can validate that and, you know, remind you of who you are, you know? And I think in college, that's what helped me the most. I had a group of guys that were like-minded yeah. and were able to elevate and push me to be the best man you know, regardless, if I seen the potential, they did. And so they weren't going to let me drag and, and, you know, let me hang low. Um, it was good to have people that were like me, you know, black and people that weren't like me, you know, that build that camaraderie. And, you know, and it just made me want to be a better man, because if I see another black man doing it, you know, I know it's possible. Right. And if I see another uh, somebody that doesn't look like me, you know, pushing me to be better, then I know, oh, man, I can trust them. Um, not all white people, not all Mexican people are the same, right. not all black people are the same, so, um, yeah, bro, I think that's very important on both sides of the fence.
0: Yeah, that's really good, and I really liked how you said that, man, and um, to even just point out about the idea that if another person is doing that, like, why, why am I not able to do that? Why am I not able to step into the force? I'm not able to continue to hold my weight, not, well, not necessarily hold my weight, because we know that, both of us, we know that the weight has already been lifted, but for us to truly walk and genuinely walk on our purpose, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That's fine. yes, sir. And But now, like, of course, you know, the world has been very chaotic in 2020. Shh. Like, <laughs> I mean, chaotic to the extreme.
1: Right. I mean, I
0: can't, I, can't um, I don't relate to this idea, but I know that um, a lot of people would say it would be scared, like, oh, man, like, I don't know what to say to my son. I'm gonna have this conversation with my son, but um, mm-hmm. what is the, like, throughout this time, like these nine months of 2020, um, what has it been to be a black man in America, but most importantly, like a black father? Cause I don't like, um, I, I personally have never really had this type of perspective on the show or anything like that. Like, um, especially in the times that we're in, um, in terms of, you know, how to raise your sons. Like you're raising two, Beautiful, awesome boys, right? But now it's like, oh shoot! Yeah, oh, yeah, we. I think we're good now. oh can you hear me? I think we're good. I can see you. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Yeah. Okay, man. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was talking about like what does it mean to be a black father in America? And yeah. Yeah, like whew. um that's okay. re- that's definitely loaded, okay. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I think for me, um man it's been crazy. My sons are still young before. Well, he's, he's going on four months soon, but I think for me, as a dad, I, I, it's, it's crazy that I really have to think how I'm going to explain to my son how he has to walk around certain groups of people or how he has to be ready to be pulled over and, you know, don't make any sudden movements. Um, sit up straight, turn your music down, take your hat off, take your hood off. It's just all these things that are going through my mind and... It's sad to me. It's so sad that I, I have to think about that already. And my son's too. Like what? Right. That should not be something that I that should not be something that goes through my mind on a daily basis at all. But it is the real it is the reality of it. And uh it sucks, but I'm gonna prep my son the way I was prepped and still and still that you know, just because you have to walk around like that here, that doesn't mean that's your identity. You are not a, something to be feared you are not a criminal you are not different from this white man across from you yes that's how the world operates but you're still going to walk in the spirit of god and understand that you're a powerful person and you're you're someone of love um, and of light and that god has a purpose for you regardless of what this couple in you over may think or you know somebody your neighbor walking by you may think and i think for me just operating you know thinking about myself you know i just do what i can to make sure i get home every day um, right, And I'm, I'm still choosing to take this, I'm choosing to see this as an opportunity to not prove myself, but to still, you know, be what, who God called me to be and, and have these conversations with, you know, white people and, and just people that think differently from us. And just to show them, um, regardless of how you're treating me, I'm still gonna operate in how God called me to. And that's to be a light. And that's to, you know, show love and positivity wherever I go. Um, And I think it it has helped, especially in the conversations that I have had and and the experiences and situations that I've seen Um, to shed light on, you know, times that we are having now. Yeah, it's been tough and I'm still fighting for justice. I'm still outraged. I'm still, you know, quite frankly, pissed off. But, you know, I can't do anything but be positive and still, you know, promote social justice and change, but do it from a lens of. You know, biblical, um, a biblical standpoint, and you know, a loving standpoint. So, it's 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 tough, bro. It's tough to operate, but um, it's been quite the experience. And, and I feel like it starts with the church. It starts with us um, being real, but still operating in, under the lens of Christ and, and, and of love. So, um, I still hurt with my people. And, you know, I don't blame them for, you know, acting the way they are, because that's how hard people act from time to time. And, you know, I'm not going to judge anybody's actions. But for me and, you know, my household, we're still going to walk, you know, upright and we're still going to um, use our voices and platforms to shed light and and to promote justice. But I'm still going to trust in God and, you know, what he has planned and try to walk in love and positivity and light regardless of the situation. But, um so, yeah, that's how I've been trying to walk on a daily basis. And some days are better than others, but yes. you know, for the most part, you know, you try to keep a positive mindset and keep moving forward.
0: Yeah, that's true. That is so good, man. That's all we can do to keep on mm-hmm. being positive and having that positive mindset. Um, I'm just gonna ask you a question. Oh, yeah. So sure. my next question for you is like, um, you especially not only that, because you got your two young boys looking at you, you know, got your wife looking at you, but you have a massive following <laughs> bro. Uh-huh. No, I mean, but like, um, you know, what does it mean to be an influencer? What does it mean for you? Like, I wouldn't consider you an influencer, but like what does it mean to be a public figure where, you know, you have people looking up to you? I mean, should like for example, like you, but know, like what what wait how, one, how did how did that even happen? But two, right. like have you what type of responsibility have you felt like you can call to with that with
1: that influence? um it's crazy it happened when we got married so after we got married my wife was kind of blowing up on instagram and twitter and then right. she posted something from like our wedding and it went viral on twitter and then everything kept going viral and viral and then she grew and thus from her account growing my account grew
0: yeah. so it,
1: it really just happened organically and overnight like as we share family things and stuff like that so you know uh it, it was crazy it was just wild and so i think for me i just take it as an opportunity to encourage people you know right. um god has given me this platform to share um and i and i didn't used to do that like i rarely post like i used to post like once a month if that right. but i think my wife god convicted me through my wife she's like you have this platform and you have all this wisdom and stuff to share you know i think god has given you that for a reason and you know i just was like you know what i think i'm gonna accept that and, and really try to you know post the real like everything i post i want to make sure i'm being authentic and, and giving people the real side because instagram is a bunch of highlights but i use it to promote when i'm having down times or when i'm struggling with something i think that's important that, you know, people see that it's not all sunshine and rainbows and marriage or in fatherhood or in just life in general. Yes, I'm going to post highlights and stuff like that, but I want to keep it real. And, you know, because I've had plenty of times where people have commented like, yo, I needed this or messaged yeah. me like, you know, this spoke to me, you know, I'm having the same thing or I'm going through the same thing. So um, I think it's been therapeutic and it's been, you know, a, a, a thing of encouragement because I try to post only when I feel like the Holy Spirit's you know, working through me and giving me something to say. So um, I just pray that it helps people, and I see it does. And, and all honor glory to God, you know, none of it's me. Um, I'm just trying to do my part in in helping people get through things and, and still, you know, showing people that I'm a man that messes up. I'm not perfect at all. Right. I'm flawed, but, you know, I am I let God do his work, and, you know, that's just the
0: fruit of it. So. Yeah, man, I sure. think that's the reason why so many people are- you know, like why you become a your face, man. I was like, man, this guy—he's he's authentic, he's real, and because he just resonate, It's not like you're—it's not like you Okay, cool, I'm gonna go this, 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 that. Like, you're just saying it for how it is, man. And uh, it's mm-hmm. incredible, and especially you know, us as, as black men, You don't necessarily are the ones that are wear that expressive side, you know, and right. yet yeah. like we don't do that well. But you do that well. Like you continue to um to break the mold. And now it's so good because you know, when we see the media, we all like all the media has portrayed us in a way that's kinda like, eh, nah nah nah. But now it's right. like, you know, we got people like you, got my brother like oh, this other guy I know in Dallas, Terrell Patterson, two uh two or more. Um, the guy that went viral talking about fatherhood with his daughter, I forgot his name, has the blog. Um it's Refreshing you, no, you are legitimately breaking the mold, um, and allowing that, um, allowing people to be real and authentic and allowing people to love and showing people that you can, like, you can be but you can be a black man and you can love Christ and you can be married, like, so too many times we have a we we always see like, oh, bro, who, how am I gonna get the next car? How am I gonna get this to a girl? How am I gonna get this to this? But like, nah, man, I'm here I have a family, I'm here talking about life Christ, all that. Yes, I
1: appreciate that, bro. For real.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. crazy because
1: I was never expressive. Like I think being vulnerable was something, especially when I got married. That's what grew me as being open and vulnerable. I was not expressive at all, and that was one thing that was a strain on our marriage early on, like first year, second year. But I realized that there's freedom and vulnerability. There's power and vulnerability and transparency, and I think that's what builds connection people want to see the real side of you they don't want to see all that highlight and i mean they do but they cherish yeah. you know being vulnerable more and they respect that and i think like you said as black men we are not taught that and that's rare like we're taught to tuck emotions we're taught to be the hard ones and sometimes quite frankly that's how some people have to grow up unfortunately and right. that sucks yeah. but i think you know now especially in this age we're seeing black men embrace feelings more and you know, be more open, and I'm loving it. I think that's very therapeutic for us, and I think that helps the mental, mental health side of us for sure. Um, as Absolutely. black people, so um yeah, and as men,
0: yeah. It looks like that you gotta go, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. All right, all right. So,
1: oh no, no, I we got. If you got a couple more, for sure, we got a couple more. Oh,
0: a bit, a bit. So yeah, at least that's yeah. like the last question, because you know, I, I wanna be uh, precious of your time, bro, because you're out sure, on sure. holiday. Family. Um, so like, these are like the bigger questions. Um, first question is What are three things that you would tell to your 21 year old self?
1: Oh, 21 <laughs> year old self, he was a bad boy. Um, <laughs> I would probably number one would be take your time. Um, I think when I was that age, I was rushing, I felt like I had to have everything together um then try to put up a front and i think in turn that's what it made me do it mm-hmm. made me put up a fake facade because i felt like i i had to be where everybody else was mm-hmm. and, and, and that's definitely not the case um take your time you know get to know yourself get to know the things you value what you want to do and it's okay if you're not there because you you know you're 21 years old you're still learning and and even now i'm about to be 29 and i I'm still trying to take my time and learn and grow. It's an, a process and it's a process for everything. And I think number two would be, it's a process. Um, you're not going to be there overnight. You know, right. sometimes that happens for people, but some your journey is not everybody else's journey. Um, so you may have to go through things differently than your friend did or than your uncle did. And, you know, it's not always going to be the same thing. And, and number three, that is it. It's a journey. Life is a journey. Um, you're not going to get there one step. It takes one step at a time. And, you know, Christ puts us through things sometimes that we need to go through to grow. And I think I realized that in college, a lot of that stuff I had to go through because if I didn't, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be learning the way I am and progressing the way I am. So, and you may progress later, but stay faithful, stay down, um, keep stay on that straight and narrow and, you know, keep striving daily because it's all a journey. So I think those would be the three things for me for sure.
0: Well, that's so that's 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 powerful, man. That's really good. I mean, sure, I need that myself, yeah. <laughs> man. Because I'm 41. I'm like, all right, man, how can you do <laughs> for sure, bro? For sure, it's uh, it's tough. I would, so I know for me, like, sometimes I feel I put, well, I'm the eldest, right? I'm an art bet, mm-hmm. and um, and also like sometimes being the eldest and being black and all that, it's like, man, like. Uh, about to graduate, like oh man, life is real. Okay, how can I get things together and stand the third? So, man, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you for that. My last question for you, though, is uh, what would you want? What do you want your legacy to be?
1: Wow, my legacy. What do I want my legacy to be? Um, I'm thinking, and I'm thinking in terms of my kids, how they will remember me. Um, I think I want to be remembered as a man who gave his all. Um, right. My dad, my dad always says, "Die empty," and that's just, you know, telling you to give, give everything you have, every moment that you have, because you never know when it could be gone. And that's true. I think we're seeing that, especially through all the deaths of these celebrities. You know, when I when Kobe died, I was like, "Dang, Kobe's invincible. Ain't no way he did." Like,
0: right. you
1: know, <laughs> you know, you see these people, and and it, you really see that life is fleeting. You know, and the Bible says, "Your life is but a vapor." You know, here for a minute, then gone the mm. next, and that's that's so true. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, I want my kids and people that know me to remember me as somebody who gave his all, you know, through Christ and, and just was authentic and real, regardless. Um, and I don't mean real as in being, um, I don't want to say it, as in somebody that was, you know, for the streets or anything like that, but real as in somebody that, whose character was not, you know, wavering. Um, I was always true to who I am and true to what I believe. And that's um, in loving people and loving Christ as much as you can and with all your heart. And, um, you know, believing in yourself. I think you gotta believe in yourself before, you know, all else, because God put it in you. And, you know, if you remember who you are in him, then you can do anything and regardless of what everybody else says. So I think I wanna be a man Remember it as a man who loved others and loved Christ as he should have and you know, as he wanted to be loved and you know, gave us all and all that he had. Especially that. Especially a family man. Family's everything. And and that can be blood, that can be church home, yes, that can be your boys, you know, whatever it is, you know. Family. Love those who love you and, and try to do the same for those that don't, and you know, those you'll
0: come into contact with. Yes, sir this last segment of the show speak life segment as you know as you said that life is like a vapor that's from james want to make sure to speak life over you because that's james um, life and death comes from the tongue uh, mr anthony west jr i just want to say man first off thank you for being an example and being a light um and being you truly are living for yourself um you know it's people like you that make the world a better place um, um i really wish that you could understand that the impact that you had have had on me I'm just virtually Instagram and other people around and you continue to authentically wear, um, wear just form your calling for you to as a way like, hey man, I'm here using my creativity. I'm here utilizing my voice. I'm here being able to connect and mentor with the young boys. I'm here utilizing my past talent for basketball. I'm here doing this to be making sure that people, um, one, being open and receptive of showing marriage and showing love and sharing fatherhood and sharing just all these beautiful things about life that we've been gifted with, man. Um, and it's a blessing just for you just to continue to walk into that purpose. And, um, man, I just want to say that I'm grateful and as a brother in Christ, man, I just want to say like, I, I love you, man. I love you for who God created you to be. And I love you. You are continuing to stand up and fighting the good fight, man. And so, um, want to make sure to let you know that those are your roses. Those are your flowers. And, uh, thank you for like, having an influence on a lot of people because, um, a lot of people need it and a lot of people to see you and God sees you and, um, just know that you're doing the job well
1: man i appreciate that bro and you're a young brother that has his head on straight and you're gonna do some great things bro i see that already and this is our first interaction you know face to face and I, I truly appreciate this bro and it, trust me it, it's encouraging me to even hear that and um we're definitely gonna have to link bro for sure I'm oh, yeah, yeah. Down the side, um, if I, I got it, your number i'm gonna dm you so you can you know exchange numbers or whatever but um I appreciate you, bro, for sure. Keep going, bro. This is great. This is really good work, for sure.
0: Thank you. Thank you, bro. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure you go watch the podcast on YouTube if you haven't. And make sure you go follow us on IG, Campus Cuts Pod, and follow us on each and every social media network. Thank you so much for the help. Hopefully that we can get up back to where we were, and hope you have a blessed day. Continue to share it, like it, love it. Subscribe and enjoy your time. Peace.